for Radio 1 91FM podcast. Right now I'm joined by Associate Professor in um, so- Psychology. Sociology. Sociology, sorry. <laughs> Marcel Dawson, what a great way to start the interview. Uh, Maureena to you. Maureena, Jamie, thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity to speak to the listeners this morning. You're more than welcome. Now, um, your research, some of your research is into social movement and popular protests, social identities and cognitive justice. Um, but just first, you know, we're talking because on May the 25th, um, George Perry Floyd was killed by a white police officer kneeling on his neck during an arrest for possessing a counterfeit $20 bill. Uh, that sparked protests across the United States and around the world with the Black Lives matter of movement at the forefront um, but this isn't an isolated incident is it? Um, it brings back memories of Eric Garner, yep. uh, another African American man who was choked to death by police in 2014 uh, African Americans are 2.5 times more likely to be killed by police in the US yep. is it a systematic issue do you think? is it a few bad eggs? Um, what's really going on with the police force? Do you, you know, I mean, I, it's a hard question um, yeah. But, you know, do you think it's systematic? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many things going on in, in what we've just seen in, in the last sort of week and a half here. And, um, you know, to go directly to the question about a rotten egg or one rotten apple, um, I, I think it's, it's the entire barrel. There is a systemic problem here. And, um, you know, if we look at the context of the U.S., it, it's been a tinderbox for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And if it hadn't been the killing of George Floyd, there would have been something else that set things alight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's sort of a, you know, there's been a perfect storm brewing for, for quite some time. And um, the, the COVID pandemic was, was also part of this mix, and we've seen how, it, how it's, it's played out. Um, and I'll come back to that in, in a minute, but... Um, you know, I want to go to something you were saying also about this not being an isolated incident. Mm. Um, protests tend to happen in, in cycles or waves. Yeah. And I think often how it gets represented in the media is that these things flare up from nowhere. Um, but as, as you pointed out, there have been so many of these instances. And so Black Lives Matter has done its work in the background. It has continued to operate as a movement. Um, and what we've seen spilling out onto the streets is one aspect of protest. Yeah. Much of what happens in terms of protest happens behind the scenes, beyond the public gaze, where a lot of thinking and planning goes into it. But what happens in the street appears, um, you know, it's often a media spectacle. And so it gives the impression that um, protesters are unruly, misbehave, all the, all the kinds of things that we've, that we've seen there. But definitely, I, I think it's, it is a systemic problem. It's not a few bad eggs or apples. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's even outside of the police force. I mean, um, you bl- black Americans have been disenfranchised for years. Um, you know, finally getting some sort of freedom, and then Jim Crow's Jim Crow came in. And there's always those running gags on television where you see um, jokes like a black person can't get a cab mm-hmm. in, in New York City. Um, you know, these issues have been going on for a long time. And um, like like you were mentioning before. Um, Black Life Matters uh, has been around for a long time since Trayvon Martin uh, being shot by George Zimmerman. Um, but do you think maybe, you know, and, and we saw what happened after Garner and Michael Brown in 2014, there was the protests there, um, and there was Ferguson, the riots in Ferguson. But do you think that the, the fact that we've got Trump in it as president and his rhetoric has really added more fuel to the fire? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's 
Oh, definitely. I mean, he he just doesn't have the kinds of leadership skills to bring people together. And I think it goes to, to the heart of the problem in the, in, in the U.S., that he's chosen to run the country as a business. Mm-hmm. It simply doesn't work because there are not people in that equation. He doesn't seem to have the ability to speak to people, to bring people together, to inspire people. Um, you know, most of what we've seen is from him is really just further incitement of the violence. Um, but it's a system that, you know, thrives on, on inequality and in fact prides itself on the very thing that is its Achilles heel. If, if we take the sort of capital, and you know, I mean, it's not only America, of course, that is that is capitalist, but it's a form of capital, rampant capitalism in, um, in the context of, of the US where some people can get ahead and only some people and they can get so far ahead of others that it creates a massive wealth gap mm-hmm. and it's in that gap that tensions start to simmer and eventually spill over you know so so now this this is all happening around the issue of race yep. this is not a problem about race it's so much bigger than that but for now it is spilling out in in, the, in um or it is playing out um as though it is about racial tension. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this, that'll simmer down, we'll fix the race problem, and then it'll be something else. It'll be mass shootings, there'll be, um, you know, murder rate will go up, or there'll be a suicide, a spike in suicide, and then we'll deal with that, and then there will be gender-based violence. So, you know, as, as much as waves of uh, there are cycles of um, protest, if you do not deal with the root of the problem, you're going to see different manifestations of it over time. Yeah. And, and so this um, that, that we're seeing in the current context is just simply one manifestation of very deep-rooted inequality. Um, if I can just mention the, the, the other example that listeners might be familiar with, where um, uh, just, just recently, again, um, an African-American man was in a bird park and he asked a woman mm-hmm. to put her dog on the leash. That is the rule in that park. He simply asked her to, to put the dog on the leash. She refused and um, then threatened to call the police. She did, or call 911. She did, and she um, became increasingly hysterical, saying that an African-American man was attacking her and harassing her and her dog. And the man obviously had, you know, he'd filmed all of this to show that she was just making the whole thing up. So the problem here is the fact that... There's a system here where this woman believes that it is okay and that she is going to be believed. Yeah. No, she's outright lying. She didn't even seem to mind that this man was filming her. She believed that 911 was going to take her side. Yeah. You know, this, this, this is systemic. And, um, and, and again, I mean, this obviously was another case of, of um, racial tension. So, so you know, as, as you said, um, African Americans are 2.5 times more likely to um, to be prosecuted and, and so there, there's a, there's a definite sort of um, systemic racism here um, unfair treatment of the criminal justice system or at the hands of law enforcement but as I say um, there's going to be many more instances of this that might not take on um, uh, uh, issues of race it'll be something else later on if the, the 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 issue the source of the issue is not addressed. Hmm. When we saw that, I guess, with um, the Me Too movement. Yep, yep. 
Yeah. Um, what about, um, you know, with, when it comes to talking about the Black Lives Matter, um, you, you know, you can't talk about that without talking about the counter all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, is that racist or just a lack of understanding of what Black Lives Matter means? Or is it, I guess it's probably a combination of both. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's take that statement, all lives matter. Well, of course, you know, it's kind of an, an obvious kind of a statement, I think. Um, and those who are making this counter life, uh, sorry, this counter challenge, are assuming that Black Lives Matter is about identity politics. And it's really not. You know, um, it's, it's a movement that is claiming, um, oh, sorry, it's not a movement that's saying black lives matter more than the lives of other people. Um, it's drawing attention to the fact that uh, the, the, the treatment of, of black people at the hands of law enforcement or in the criminal justice system um, is just something that white people do not have to face on a daily basis. Yeah. So yes, we can all claim that all lives matter is quite an obvious fact, but it does take away from um, the, the, the significant abuse that black lives, oh, sorry, black people in, in the U.S., and I mean, you know, in, in other contexts as well, but this particular thing is, is focused on, on the U.S. Um, yeah, so white people just simply do not experience the kinds of things that African-Americans face on a daily basis. And I think it's, it's trying to draw attention to that. It's not to say black lives matter more than anyone else's lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, if you look at the people who've come out in support of this latest round of protests, it's people from all walks of life. And I think what's happening here is people are saying, I want to understand and see where you are coming from. I cannot claim your experience as my own, but I'm here to stand in solidarity with you, to walk with you, um, and that's really about empathy. And so I feel that people in these sort of counter-movements who are trying to um, make it about identity politics are showing absolutely no empathy with, um, the, with, with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. What about the role of the media here and, and the role of the riots? Because, you know, it seems like they're warping the view when they talk about peaceful protests and riots in the same breath, like saying that the yeah. people that are marching during the day are the same that are looting at night, and that's kind of the image we're getting, we're being shown. Yeah. Um, the media certainly does throw a particular spin on things, and, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously that's what people are consuming. Um, but it's not the same groups of people. The, no. the, the, the rioters are not the same as the protests, and certainly the protesters themselves have been, you know, putting out a plea to the rioters to stop. It's not the same groups of people. I think with all kinds of protests, when there is an appearance of lawlessness and chaos, you're always going to get a handful of opportunists. But they certainly make for more interesting viewing. So the media sort of tends to concentrate on that. It's less interesting to watch... Um, a group of peaceful protesters walking down the street or making speeches or rallying. Um, so, you know, the, the focus tends to be on the things that are more visually exciting, yeah. even when those things are actually in the minority. But it's also, it's go, but it's going to take away from the power of the protest too, right? Um, saying that the same people that are protesting are the same that, that looting. That's, that's going to dilute the power of the movement. 
Yeah, and it does then take the leaders of Black Lives Matter to um, to make that to keep making that point that they are not the rioters and the pro- and, and the looters that they they are doing something different. Um, and I think it takes law enforcement as well to make that point. It's not the same groups of people, you know. So so if if the media is representing them as the same, it is up to um, to the leaders of Black Lives Matter to to show that they are not. Um, on, on the same side. And I think many of, uh, of the, the rallies and the speeches that I've seen, and in, including um, George Floyd's relatives, they've made a plea to mm. people to stop li- rioting and stop looting because they're hurting the very community that George Floyd was from. You know, and, and we've seen a lot of um, you know, shop owners and all the rest. I mean, remember, this is also occurring in the context of COVID-19. So in a context where there has already been unemployment and underemployment in the sense that people are doing, um, you know, what, what's often sort of referred to as, as shitty jobs or very demeaning jobs and not, not getting paid enough, many of those people would also now have lost their jobs in, in the, the, the COVID-19 crisis. So you can see it's a sort of perfect storm for, for rioters and looters, to, or opportunists, I should say, to, to, to come out. So that sort of made it complex as well. But even, you know, if we weren't in the context of um, COVID-19, in much of the peaceful protest that I've seen, um, when there is a spillover of violence, and often with, with the police when they're behaving unreasonably or with undue force, there's a sense of lawlessness that is created, mm-hmm. and that's when opportunists tend to come out yeah and those opportunists uh, for the most part are pushing their own agenda as well right um, yeah you know people like Antifa um, and then as I mentioned to you earlier you've got your um, your ultra right-wing nationalist movements like three um, percenters and boogaloo boys um, they're going in there hijacking uh, the protests um, you know on, on the on the right side of things they want to incite the violence okay. to delegitimize the the movement uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, create instability. instability. Yeah, and they, they certainly are there with their, their own agenda. Um, you know, they're, they're politicizing an issue that mm. is, is not actually a political issue. This is a basic human rights issue. And so they've taken this opportunity to draw attention to themselves and their own um, agendas. But, and you've also kind of got Trump wanting to scapegoat and blame Antifa yeah. Um, and they, you know, they they might be one little small aspect of it, but um, he's trying to label them as a terrorist organisation. <laughs> and again, that's for his own political agenda because he wants to talk tough on terror and war and terror and, and that usual rhetoric. So, so you know, that's just sort of um, his his way of making him look like he's going to sort out the problems of Antifa, but he's he's created the problem, which he then goes in to try and solve. But I mean, yeah, I think these sort of groups on the side, they they've they've they're politicising something that ultimately is not a political issue. Uh, I mean, will will the protests? I mean, will this movement work? Do you think? Uh, I mean, like you said, it's a massive issue. Um, it's uh, it's systemic. It's it's not political. Um, but do the will the does the American public and the American system have the power to to change this soon, or is this always going to be an issue until the system that runs it, that capitalist system, falls? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see reforms. 
Um, so there will be changes in the police force. This has really sort of brought um, this issue to light globally. Um, and again, the, the, the pandemic provides a bit of a context here. A lot of people are at home. A lot of people are watching TV. All people are simply not at work or bored, and many more people have the time to be out on the street. So, so you know, it's kind of this um, a, a, a situation that has, has put this on, on, on the global stage in, in ways that you might not otherwise have seen. So we've seen um, a protest of solidarity around the world as well, yeah. uh, rallying around Black Lives Matter, or in the case of case of New Zealand, arms down. Yeah. Um, and and that's you know it's a show of of solidarity. Um, so I think you know there will be some reforms, but until there is massive systemic change, I don't think this is going to be the last that we see of um, African-Americans being abused at the hands of law enforcement. I don't think it's the last time we're going to see Black Lives Matter coming out onto the streets um, and, and doing the work that they do. Um, it's, it is woven into the way the U.S. is structured. And um, so I think the reforms, you know, they'll go some way. Yeah. And already, I mean, the, the fact that four police officers have now been charged, you know, if, if this had not been such a highly global um, and visible event, I'm not sure that would have happened. Yeah. Um, so, so there will be reforms, as you know, the, the, the stuff on the body cams and the, and the dashboard cams, there's, there's already some movement there. But, yeah, the, I think it'll be, you know, little band-aids. Yeah, yeah. And, you I mean, you may be able to change laws, but you've got to change the hearts and the minds of the people. Right? And, you know, to, to do that, you've actually got to be able to have a relationship with people. Yeah. And, and at the moment, the US does not have a leader who knows how to engage in a fruitful relationship with people. Yeah, and, and well, I mean, it's going to be interesting in itself. If he's voted out, you know, that might spark more unrest and more violence so november is starting to look quite scary to be honest yep <laughs> and, and in a certain sense we can sort of watch from from a relative sort of safe bubble of, of new zealand but i think it's certainly going to be um uh you know much more turmoil as, as we get into that election period indeed indeed all right well associate professor marcel dawson thank you so much for joining us this morning it's been a pleasure having you on the show Lovely. Thank you so much, Jamie. You have uh, a wonderful day. Will do. We hope, um, well, just, just hope the change comes that we need. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> All right, cheers. <laughs> Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. All right, that was Associate Professor Marcel Dawson uh, from here at the University of Otago, specialises in social movement and peaceful um, and popular protests. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.